Hi, I'm Grant Dufresne, and welcome to Dufresne Ministries podcast channel. We believe that as you listen to this message, your faith will be stirred and you will be encouraged in whatever you are believing God for today. Stay tuned at the end of this message to find out more information about our ministry. So we've been talking about that healing belongs to us. There are two sides to any coin. There's a head and there's a tail. To the coin of healing, there's a head and there's a tail. And the one side of the coin of healing is that healing belongs to us. And so many times people say, well, healing belongs to me. I'm just going to take it. But then they just keep saying it and nothing changes. Well, then you better look on the other, other side of the coin of healing and see why am I not receiving? Because the second side of the coin of healing is not just it, healing belongs to us, but it means it's about what am I going to do to be in position to receive the healing that belongs to me. So previously we were talking about that what we must do because healing and all the blessings of God belong to us, but they're not automatic. They're not automatic. We have to be in position for them to reach our lives. So we were talking about the one thing beginning is obedience. That if we're going to receive the healing, of, the healing power of God that belongs to us, we have to walk in obedience to God. Now let's again look at Deuteronomy 28 verses 1 and 2. And it shall come to pass if thou hearken diligently. This is conditional on us, isn't it? Not conditional on God. If we will listen and listen diligently, not just listen every once in a while. You know, there are some people that listen on Sunday, but they've forgotten it by Monday. Diligent listening means you're listening with the idea of doing it. Hallelujah. So if you listen diligently, it's a sign you're growing up when you, when you listen. I'm going to listen to somebody. You think, bless God, I'm going to live my life the way I want. Nobody's going to tell me what I... You've got to learn the hard way. You will have to learn the hard way until you learn to listen to somebody. Somebody knows, knows more than you, and you better find them and listen to them. Let's begin with a pastor. A pastor should know God better than his sheep. Amen? You need to listen. When we see this hearken diligently, that means be teachable. Don't be a know-it-all. Amen? God is so vast, you don't know all about him. And the word says we only know in part. Isn't that right? We only know in part. That means you bring your part, I'll bring my part, everybody bring our parts and we'll know more. But only if we'll listen to each other's part. Amen. So if we're going to hearken diligently, that means we have to be someone who listens. It's a big lesson to learn in the life of success. Better listen to somebody. Amen. When you see somebody who won't listen, you say, uh, don't, don't drive that fast. Don't drive like that. And they won't listen. Well, you're going to have to learn the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Don't hang out with those people. They won't listen. Well, you're going to have to learn the hard way because you won't listen. I've told you you won't listen. Quit dating that person, but they won't listen. Well, you're going to have to learn the hard way. And sometimes the hard way takes 30 years to teach you. Married to the wrong person, living a life that is less than what God planned for you because you married wrong because you wouldn't listen. People say, well, why did God let that happen? It's not why did God, it's why didn't you listen? Why didn't you listen? A lot of people, when they need healing, they need to stop and say, God, is there something I need to listen to? Is there something you've said to me? Is there something the word has instructed me and commanded me to do? And I'm, and I'm bypassing that. 
God. The Holy Ghost will show you. And I dare to say most of us know where we're not listening. We already know. You know, I've heard people make these phrases, uh, you know, some hidden sin. (laughs) Secret sin. Well, I understand what they're saying, that sometimes you might not see something about yourself that somebody else sees. But really, there's no such thing as secret sin. When you sinned, it was no secret from you. You were there. There's no secret sin. You were there. And I dare to say, when we're not obeying, we know where we're not obeying. Well, I'm going to pray. Just fess up. Just own up. You know where you're not doing right. Why? Because your spirit will convict you. God won't condemn you, but your own spirit will convict you when you know you're doing wrong. Now, if you're not going to listen to what your spirit's convicting you about, you're going to have to be, you're going to have to realize now you're out of position. And when you have something you need from God, you're going to have to get back into position if you're going to receive. It's dangerous to be out of position. Let me ask you this, in a freeway, there is a certain direction your car must be driving. There's, right, there's four lanes going this direction, four lanes coming this direction. Amen. Get out of position. Get over in the lane that's coming toward you and decide you're going to go against it. You might miss one car. You might miss two cars, but you're going to hit something down the road. Why? You're out of position. Just because yesterday it didn't hurt you and just because today it didn't hurt you doesn't mean it's not going to hurt you. Get back in position. That means get back into obedience. Do what God says. Quit, quit demanding your way and demanding that everyone around you change to accommodate you. That's a dangerous way to live when you're expecting everyone else to accommodate you. Change to suit you because God's not changing to suit you. And a lot of times people have, people have manipulated family members to change to suit them. But God won't be manipulated. You might have trained your spouse to, that if you work them a certain way, that they'll give in to you. God doesn't operate that way. And it's your blessing to learn that. Amen. Why would he not change to suit you? Because he's perfect. When you're perfect, you don't need to change. He doesn't need to change. What will bless you is to get in the flow of his perfection. Do what he says. Amen. That's where your healing is, is an obedience. And people say, well, I've been claiming healing. When you know that you're disobeying God, your faith won't work. Amen. Your faith won't work in disobedience. And that's why when you go to claim healing, then it doesn't work. Because faith and disobedience are not running together. Well, praise the Lord. So it says here again in Deuteronomy 28 verses 1 and 2. And it shall come to pass that if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do. What's this mean? We're doers of the word. Not just hearers. As James said, don't just be a hearer of the word. Be a doer of the word. That the Lord thy God, when you're a doer of the word, he will set you on high above all. Listen, you won't have to 
You won't have to try to succeed in life. You obey him and your obedience will create a position of success in your life. You won't have to pray and pray and climb the corporate ladder to the top, so to speak. You won't have to step on somebody else to get higher. Because your obedience, God says it shall come to pass. He'll lift you there. Amen. Amen. And in verse 2, and it says, and all these blessings, to what? To the person who listens and obeys. To the person who's obedient to the word. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. This means you don't have to pray, oh, God bless me. Oh, God bless me. They'll come on you. Why? Because blessings travel with obedience. You get in obedience and blessings are there. Amen. All these blessings, all of them, all of them shall come on you and overtake you. Oh, they'll keep pace with you. Then they'll get out in front of you. And everywhere you go, you step into blessing because obedience, every step into obedience is a step into blessing. Every step into disobedience is a step out of blessing. Well, how come this person seems to be more blessed than me? It's called obedience. One's obeying to a greater degree. Amen. All these blessings shall come on you. So you're not going to have to have a, a, a prayer and fasting time to get them. Because they don't come by prayer and fasting. They come by obedience. People are praying and praying for God to bless them with something. And they don't have it. Get into obedience. It'll show up. <clears throat> All these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. What? If. Now he states the condition again. The blessings of God are Conditional. If you hearken or listen to the voice of the Lord thy God. You say, well, that's Old Testament. So under the New Testament, you don't have to listen? (laughs) The Bible says the New Testament is a better covenant. That means you ought to be listening better. Not listening less because now we're under the New Testament, so everything's automatic. It's not automatic. Under the New Testament, it's a better covenant so we can, we can o- obey to a whole nother degree because now we have the Holy Ghost to help us. And in the Old Testament, they didn't even have the Holy Ghost the way that the New Testament church has the Holy Ghost. Amen. So it is better. We should go into greater degrees of obedience because we have divine help in a way the Old Testament people didn't. Amen. Praise the Lord. I love what one preacher said. He was meditating on this phrase that's in Deuteronomy that uh, God will set thee on high above all. He was meditating on that. And God spoke to him. And he said, uh, there's a place for you at the top if you're interested. And the preacher said, I'm interested. And he said, then follow the conditions. Obey me. And then God said to him, your obedience is your lift to the top. When you're tired of obeying, you're tired of going up. As long as you're obedient, then your way to the top cannot be stopped. Listen to that phrase, cannot be stopped. No matter what the economy does, no matter if you lost your job, it doesn't matter. Your way to the top cannot be stopped when you're obedient. Why? Because obedience knows nothing about going backwards. Amen. So many times people are trying to get more faith, get more faith. Listen, we need to feed our faith. We need to develop our faith. But faith will not take the place of obedience. Faith only works in obedience. So what we need to do is 
take inventory of our life and say, where am I not, where am I not obeying? Where can I go further in my obedience to God? Amen. Because of the blessing is with the obedience. Amen. Well, the man who, who God spoke that to, he was just a young pastor with a handful of people. Now he's the pastor of the largest church in the world. Evidently he obeyed and his obedience put him on top. If the word will put one man on top, it'll put another man on top. But you got to do the word. Amen. Amen. Being a doer of the word. And like I said, it's not just about doing the written word. What has the spirit spoken specifically to you? Because the word is God's general instructions to everyone. But the spirit gives specific instructions of how that word applies to you. In the sense of the word doesn't tell you uh, who to marry. It tells you that you can believe God for a spouse. The Bible says he that finds a wife finds a good thing, right? But the word doesn't tell you who to marry. It's the spirit that will lead you in these things. The word tells you God will take care of all of all your needs. He'll provide for you. But it's the spirit of God who tells you what business and what profession to get into, right? He'll lead you in the specifics of your life. So when we're talking about obeying God, we're not just talking about the written word. We're also saying, what's the spirit of God been dealing with you about? If you're not going to address that, you're going to have to forfeit healing. Now, you don't have to forfeit healing. Just obey what the spirit tells you to do. And just because nobody else knows what the spirit told you to do, doesn't mean you're dismissed from doing it. Just because nobody else knows about it. God knows about it. Amen. When somebody doesn't succeed, I'm talking about a Christian. When they fail in some arena of life, there's a reason. I said, there's a reason. And whether they ever told you that reason or not doesn't mean there's not a reason. And it's not because God didn't come through. It's because somebody didn't obey somewhere along the line. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Again, we're not earning healing. We're positioning ourselves to where we can receive what already belongs to us. And there's a difference there. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, the second thing we talked about, there's two sides to the coin of healing. The second side shows us that if we're going to walk in the healing that belongs to us, we have to do what? Be obedient to the word and the spirit. The second thing is I want to bring out is we have to walk in righteousness. Now, let me tell you what I mean by that. Righteousness means we're in right standing with God. If you're born again, Jesus has been made your righteousness. You have a right to come before the Father's presence and know that you belong there. It's not about trying to earn it through good works. Righteousness is not earned. We, Jesus took his righteousness and brought us into his righteousness. We have access to the Father because of what Jesus did for us. So if you're born again, you are in right standing with God. Isn't that right? Now, since we're in right standing with God, we need to walk that way. That means we need to conduct our daily life as though we're right with God. That means it's going to have an effect on how we live. That means it's going to have an effect on where we go. Who we hang out with. What conversations we have. This is called walking in our righteousness. We've been made right with God. Now we better line our daily lives up in our conduct and our behavior with that righteousness. Amen. Hallelujah. That means that we're to have a lifestyle of righteousness and not persist in sin. 
If you persist in sin, you're opening up the door to the devil. And that's why some people don't receive healing is because they won't put away sin. They won't put away something. Well, how many of you know this is really going back to obeying the word? It's going back to the first thing, which is obedience. But I want to spell these out because this is the primary place that people miss it. You can't just date any old one you want to date. When the Spirit of God has told you, get away from that person. You can't just live any old way you want to live. Talk any old way you want to your spouse and think that you're going to receive God's best if, if God has told you to deal with that, correct that, you're not living in righteousness. Amen. And we're going to have to conduct our lives in righteousness if we're going to receive what belongs to us. Now, that means we refuse to live a lifestyle of sin. Now, Will we miss it? Will we sin? Yes, but we're not. We know this. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us. If you miss it, confess as quick as you can. Because what confessing, confessing and repenting of that does, it puts you right back in the flow. Where God and his power can reach you. If you miss it, it takes you out of the flow to where now you're over here off the ground where he can bless you. So as soon as you miss it and you recognize, I sinned, I missed it, repent real quick. Get back right over in the flow because you have no idea how quickly the devil can work against you. You don't want to take a day to get it right. You don't want to take an hour to get it right. He's looking for you to be on his territory. To sin is to get on the devil's territory. There's no flow of God there. Learn that when you miss it, repent real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. Oh, honey, I'm, I repent. I shouldn't have said that. I, I shouldn't have said that. Well, that I'm not going to repent. That means I'm weak. It's a strong man that repents. It's a weak man that won't. If you're not repenting in your marriage, you're weak. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. If you've got a wife that has never said, I'm sorry, honey, I did it wrong, there's weakness there. If you have a man who's never said to his wife, honey, I'm sorry, I missed it. I shouldn't have done that. You've got a weak man there. But it's a strong person. I'm talking about strong in their fellowship with God. Strong in their faith that says, I missed that. Hey, I'm going to get that right way. They want to be right rather than they want to protect their pride. Your pride will take you down. Now turn with me if you would real quick because we're running out of time. I got a lot to, to say real quick. First Peter chapter 2. I'm trying, while I'm up here, I'm trying to think, when's the next time I'm preaching here so I can preach more of this? But I don't know when that is, so I better get it all out. First Peter chapter 2 verse 24. Look at this. We love this because this is a healing verse. This is one we commonly quote, which we should. But let's not disguise and overlook what's in the verse. 1 Peter 2, 24. I can still hear pages turning. Turn them quicker. <laughs> Time's a-clicking. 1 Peter 2, 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body, that we, being dead to sins, should live under righteousness by whose stripes we were healed. Now, look at this. How come we can say by whose stripes we were healed because he dealt with sin? Yes. See, sin was the thing that opened the door to sickness to come on the earth. When Adam sinned, then sickness showed up. So Jesus healed us by dealing with the sin problem. Once he dealt with our sin, now we can be healed. 
You see what I'm saying? This is what this verse is talking about. But let's read it again. I want you to see this phrase. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins. Look at the next phrase. Should live under righteousness. Should live. Now that Jesus bore our sin, we, don't, we are not to serve sin anymore. We're not to have wrongdoing in our life anymore. Now we should live unto righteousness. That's the way we should live. Now, when it says we should live under righteousness, now look at the next phrase, by whose stripes you were healed. See, healing can, be li- healing can be received when you're living under righteousness. We should live under righteousness or you're going to have problems receiving healing. It's not that God's going to withhold healing, but you're out of position. You can't receive healing when you're not walking in righteousness. You have to walk right. You have to live right. You have to live in line with the Word. Dad Hagen used to say to us, it's dangerous to come up to light and not walk in it. What's he mean by that? It's dangerous to know what the Word says and decide you're not going to do it. It's not optional. It's dangerous, he said. Amen. So... When you know something's not right, this wouldn't please God, you need to stop doing it. Because if you don't, you're taking yourself out of the flow where his help can reach you. And you go, well, I, I'm not sick. Uh, you don't know in the middle of the night what the devil may try. You don't know when an emergency of life will show up and you need to be in the flow at the time that emergency hits. You better not be playing with the devil's ground. Not walking in righteousness is playing with the devil's ground. One foot in the world, one foot in the church. Uh Uh-uh, you are unsafe. The only safe place is living under righteousness. Living right. Living in a way that's in line with the word and that's pleasing to God. You know what Jesus told the man that was healed at the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5 and verse 14. There was a man at the pool of Bethesda. He was a crippled man. He was raised up. Jesus found him later in the temple and said this, Go and sin no more, lest a worst thing come on you. In other words, if you're going to persist in a lifestyle of sin after God's met you, after God's blessed you, the devil sees that, and he won't put back on you what you struggled with. He'll make it worse. You'll be in worse shape than before. That's why Dad Hagen said it's dangerous to come up to sin and to come up to light and not walk in it. Because when God sets you free, you better not play with what's dirty. You play with what's dirty and the devil will put worse on you. Because not living in righteousness gave him permission. Well, praise the Lord. Then we have to look at the third thing. Uh, the other side of the coin of healing, and that is unforgiveness. We looked at number one, obedience. Number two, living a lifestyle of righteousness. Number three is unforgiveness. In Mark chapter 11, Jesus said to his disciples, have the faith of God. He said, you can talk to this mountain, tell it to go, and it'll obey you. In that verse in Mark eleven twenty-three, he's saying, things will obey you, talk to them. Then in verse 24, he says, what things ever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. He's giving you the right that anything you need in life, you can receive it by faith. But then the next verse in verse 25, he says this, and when you stand praying, when you're going to release your faith, when you're going to talk to God, he said, forgive. If you have aught against any, 
that your father also which is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. In other words, he says, this is all the wonderful things that faith can work. But the one thing that will keep your faith from working that he listed is unforgiveness. You can't be in unforgiveness and have your faith work. And if you need healing, you need your faith to work because you receive healing by faith. If you won't let somebody go, you're going to hold on to an offense, ill will, bitterness, or something against somebody. Are you, ready? Are you prepared to pay for that with your body? Amen. Because you can't receive healing if you're going to hold on to offense. You can't receive prosperity. You can't receive any of the blessings of God if you're going to hold on to forgiveness. Forgiveness is a decision. You decide to forgive. You don't feel forgiveness. You choose forgiveness. You say, well, I can't because you don't know what they've done to me. Do you remember what you did to Jesus? Do we remember the price he paid? He forgave us when we were, while we were sinners and not even asking him to. He bore the price for our sin before we even repented. He did that. Now, if he can do that for us, we can do that for somebody else. I choose to forgive. Why? I need my faith more than I need my feeling of unforgiveness. I need my faith more than I need my offense. <laughs> Hallelujah. Forgiveness is a decision. You forgive by faith no matter what I feel, I forgive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, congregation, I want to do something before we minister to those who are up here. I want to minister to those who are watching so you reach your hands don't turn around but just extend your hand back toward the cameras over here wherever you want to and let's think of the people who are on the other side of these lenses who may be needing something some that are suffering with great difficulties some that are really struggling father we thank you for healing power Jesus you paid such a price because it was your great desire and the Father's great desire that your people live healed. So I speak for healing in Jesus' name. Go into everybody, every life, everyone who's in need of that, that they receive now that healing power from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Satan, you take your hands off their bodies. From the top of their head to the soles of their feet, you take your hands off. And the healing power of God goes in and works a cure, raises up, does a work in them. We thank you for that healing power flowing right now in Jesus' name. Now, those of you who are watching, you can just say, I receive that. It's not trying to get God to give it. It's about you receiving what he's already given. So your job is to say, I receive that right now. I receive that. Even if the body doesn't feel any different, that's not about what you feel. It's about what you receive. I receive it. I receive it. And when you receive it, before long, your body will feel it. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for healing power right now. Working in the lives of these people. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrayministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Defray Ministries.